everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mornings with Ron. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to spend some time with me, thinking through some of these uh, messages that I deliver um, in each and every podcast. You know, as a, as a writer and as a podcaster, sometimes we get into situations where the mind just doesn't work very well and the messages don't seem to come. And then all of a sudden you get this spurt of energy where you've gone through some experience or come across something that's happening in the world that just uh, ignites the mind into thinking something that creates this message that comes out in my, in my podcast. And I've been doing a lot of reflection lately as an individual. And, you know, I'm always trying to work on enhancing my life, trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate my life journey and figure out the things that I'm going to do to make life a little better. And of course, it's been much more difficult over the last year as we've dealt with all the things that have been going on in the world with COVID around us. But one of the things that I really think that is important to keep in mind is that we all have a contribution that we can make to the world in our own special way. And it doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is or you know whatever it may be. It's something that culminates in all of us coming together to making the world a little better place and leaving it um, a little better off than we, we found it as we came into the world. Much of what we do and much of what we, uh, our actions that we take as we're growing up and navigating this life journey are a result of what we learned in our childhoods. And this week I had a very special reason to celebrate as my parents celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. Less than 5% of the population that are married make it to that 60% mark. So that puts them in a pretty amazing club. But it makes me grateful and their diamond anniversary, and I consider them diamonds myself, that they've laid a foundation for my brother and I to make a life for ourselves where we're only not only taking care of ourselves and our families, but we're finding a way to take care of the world as well through our uh, philanthropic efforts. So with that, we'll get on with this week's podcast. I have uh, three new messages for you, and actually I pulled out two of my favorites, some that go along with this theme of celebrating my parents' anniversary, but sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy. This first message came about when I was thinking about how we go about trying to figure out something that we want to do or a dream that we have, and how often the dream is small because we're afraid to take that extra effort to make the dream even bigger than what it could possibly be. And so I titled this message, Don't Let Scary Keep You From Dreaming Big. So many times in our lives, we often fail to dare to dream because we believe that the chance for success is so low that it's hardly worth the effort. What we often fail to realize is that it's usually those small dreams that find their way into very big realities. Never was that more evident than the dream that I had for the Bring Smiles to Seniors program that I started five years ago on March 29th. I first recognized the need to remind seniors that they were loved while visiting my grandmother in her nursing home. I had a dream to turn the faces of those that I saw who were sad and lonely to having a smile and happiness that someone had reminded them that they were important. All I wanted was a few cards to deliver to the residents of my grandmother's community to make a difference in their lives for that one moment. 
However, I knew after that first act that I was dreaming too small and I needed to go bigger and better. I also knew that the scary aspect of dreaming bigger meant that it was a dream worth pursuing. The process to create a nonprofit, obtain your tax-exempt status, and build donors and donations brought scary to a whole new height. I knew that if I could be successful, the payoff for dreaming bigger was going to be far greater than anything I could have ever imagined. If you believe it, you can do it became a mantra that would make every twist and turn along the journey worth the payoff that was waiting at the end of each effort. From over 7,000 cards delivered the first year to greater than 200,000 in 2020, people I met along the way who became a part of the dream as it grew helped Scary become satisfaction. Had I been content with that initial effort and failed to dream bigger, the ability to touch lives all across the country and in other parts of the world would have never materialized. Second-guessing ourselves is easy. Staying within our comfort zone and away from that which is scary is also easy. However, when we believe the results of our efforts will be far greater than any discomfort we may experience along the journey, the ability to create magic makes dreaming big one of life's most pleasurable experiences. This next message came about uh, just simply from being home for the last year and uh, staying in isolation and only going out in those times that are absolutely necessary. And I was thinking about as we are lonely and feeling lonely, is it possible to still be fulfilled in our lives? And can we find things that keep us busy and keep life interesting? And so I titled this message, Is It Possible to Be Fulfilled and Still Be Lonely? There's no question that I have an amazing life. I have a good job, great friends, an awesome spouse, a nonprofit that fills my soul, and plenty of people around me that are my cheerleaders. There's much to be thankful for, and for that, much thanks is given. I do my best to stay upbeat, keep others' spirits lifted, and work hard to continue the mission my grandmother laid out for me through the Bring Smiles to Seniors program. From the outside, many would look at me and think I have it all and don't have a care in the world. In our lives, we see many people like that. However, what we often fail to realize is that we are all humans with real feelings going through life's journey the best we can. And naturally, the question that people often ask is, with all that you have, how could you possibly feel lonely? The answer often comes in the circumstances that surround us. In my regular job, I work from home. In normal times, that is taxing as I'm in the house five days a week. My interaction with the outside world is through a video screen, which in the best of times is bearable. There's an opportunity for evenings out at movies, dinners with friends, social gatherings, and of course, weekend events. Fast forward to these current times and those opportunities for escape from the daily routine have all but disappeared, and five days in the house quickly become seven. An outing to the grocery store or post office becomes a major event, and I find myself driving slower to and from simply to make the most of those things that I'm still able to do. A year of that has certainly taken its toll. The decision I made for myself to abide by the guidelines wasn't political, it was personal. I made a conscious effort early on to not only protect myself and my spouse, 
But having a father with lymphoma, there was no way I was going to take a chance for a few minutes of pleasure that could put those that I love at risk. Without judgment, I've watched others make different decisions and go about life as normal. And as I began to question whether or not I was the crazy one, the loneliness started to set in and the impact began to take its toll. The loneliness enters a new phase as I watch all those around me getting access to vaccines, while I found myself in the age group waiting its turn that never seems to come. Finally, that time has come. I felt caught between the younger generation that seemed to have the ability to fight off whatever may come their way, and the older generation that needs the vaccine desperately to ensure that they live. And that in itself created a space with new feelings and emotions that naturally increased the feeling of being alone. At some point, the pressure becomes too much, and the emotion finds a way out. One morning recently, it came out in full force, and 15 minutes of a good cry was in order, which often relieves the pressure. If only temporarily, it did. And through that act, I am reminded that I am human. I have the same need for comfort and support of everyone else, and despite all that I have, I too can be lonely. It is what I choose to do with that loneliness that becomes the most important thing of all. When that feeling takes over, it is important to acknowledge it, understand it, and do what is necessary to find our way to the other side. There is always another side if we persist. Having an incredible life doesn't mean that we can't be lonely. Learning to deal with that loneliness helps us create a foundation to deal with it when it arises again. And there is no question that it will. But with each episode, we hopefully learn new methods, tools, and tricks to get us through. Understanding the difference between being alone and being lonely is key to how we are able to overcome it. Acknowledging and being open about it provides others the opportunity to return the favor and be there for us when we need them most. When you are able to overcome the loneliness, celebrate the success, make note of the tools you used, and be ready for when it shows its face again. The foundation for dealing with it becomes stronger with each episode, and that, my friends, is how we grow. I'm a big proponent of being who we are, allowing others to be who they are, and never asking someone to be something that they're not. It's been one of the key to the successes of my relationship that I've been in for 21 years now. I never ask my spouse to be something they're not, and I always allow them the flexibility to navigate their life path the same way that I expect to have the flexibility to navigate my own. And as part of that, I think it's incredibly important to just do our thing that makes us happy, do the things in life that keep us going. And when they don't make us happy anymore, as my friend Bob says, stop doing them. So this next message I titled, Make Your Own Kind of Music. Life is a series of lessons. As we grow up, we navigate the highs and lows, often taking a path that others want us to walk, rather than living a life that is true to ourselves. We spend countless hours trying to please everyone else and living the life they want us to live, rather than living our own truth and making our lives what it was meant to be. This doesn't end in adolescent years, as we continue our quest to please others in our adult relationships while putting our lives on the back burner. At some point, we learn that it's not others' music that makes our life meaningful, 
but the music that we make for ourselves that makes our life complete. When we learn to let go of the necessity to ensure that others' perceptions of who we are supposed to be are fulfilled and start to fulfill our own wants and desires, it is only then that we can truly begin to live. One-sided relationships where only the needs of one individual are fulfilled are unfortunate stepping stones in life's journey. They rob us of the ability to understand our own self-worth and that which we have to offer others in the world. We work so hard at fulfilling the needs of the unhealthy relationships that we are in that we fail to see that there's a better path to a more fulfilled self. When we are able to escape the mundaneness of that existence, it is only then that we start to realize that there is much more to life than we ever realized there could be. Life's moments are fleeting and time passes much faster than we would like. Do we want to spend those moments making sure that everyone else's life is the best that it can be? Or do we find a way to make our own kind of music, do the things that make us happy, and live our life path? When we are being good to ourselves and living our truth, we create the healthiness that is required to be in good relationships that enhance our lives, rather than make life work. Accepting each other for who we are, not asking the other to be who we are not, and allowing each other to make their own kind of music is a recipe for the kind of life that we all deserve. As we go about making our life the best that it can be, we are sometimes the own saboteurs of our lives. And all that we try to do that is good, we somehow find a way to torpedo as we are making all of those efforts to make our life better. In reality, we sometimes can be what I titled this message, our own worst enemy. Do you ever feel sometimes in life that you have set goals, made plans, created tasks, and no matter how hard you try, you just can't quite seem to get there? Despite persistence and perseverance, completing the list just seems like it's out of reach. You may finish some, but your list of to-do items seems to never end. Now assume you take the same list and review it with a different approach. If you were to give that list to someone you knew and they didn't complete each and every task, would you consider them a failure? If the answer is, of course not, then just maybe you're asking a little too much of yourself and therefore becoming your own worst enemy. Working a full-time job and running the Bring Smiles to Seniors program in the morning and evenings often causes me to create enormous task lists. The unnecessary pressure that I put on myself sometimes causes me to stop and take a look at what I'm actually asking and requiring of myself and readjust to be much more realistic. We can't add stamina to what our bodies are already capable of, and we certainly can't add more hours to a day. So why do we put that unneeded pressure on ourselves that isn't necessary? I believe at the end of the day, everyone wants to be the best at what they can be. However, sometimes the level of best that we have set for ourselves is unrealistic and unattainable. And how often does anyone else really care that we haven't obtained an objective other than ourselves? Who is waiting there with a clipboard doing a double check on us to make sure that we have completed what we have told ourselves to complete? Usually, no one but ourselves, and therein lies the possibility of becoming our own worst enemy. If we allow ourselves to require that we accomplish more than we are capable of, we only set ourselves up for failure from the very beginning. When we shorten the list, accomplish what we can, and then add more as time and stamina permits, we build a firm foundation of confidence that ultimately makes us a happier and more satisfied person.
So if you've become one of those people that have turned into your own worst enemy, there's a fix for it. Be kind to yourself as you would to others. Set realistic goals and add only as you accomplish. Reward yourself for positive steps that make you successful in your endeavors. And most of all, be your own best friend instead of your own worst enemy. And in this final message, I needed to at least put one message in here this week because of my parents' anniversary that reminded me uh, of them and how they had this amazing life for us. We didn't have a lot of material things when we were growing up, but we never wanted. And my parents often did without so that we could have. That was incredibly amazing for my brother and I as we were growing up in a small town uh, in Florida. And so for this final message in honor of them, I titled it Doing Without So We Could Have. Sometimes it's later in life when you truly understand the sacrifices that your parents made so that you could have a better life. The selflessness that my parents showed so that we did not have to go without is something that I think about all the time. Growing up, both my mom and dad worked to ensure that the family was taken care of. We didn't have a lot of money, but they managed to make sure that we had a roof over our heads and food in our stomachs. As kids, we didn't think this was anything out of the ordinary and was something that was just supposed to happen. As we got older and started to have to take care of ourselves, it became apparent that it was so much more than what we knew. My mom never bought new clothes for herself and made her own clothes so that my brother and I could have new clothes for school. I think it was after we graduated school that she finally started buying store-bought clothes. At Christmas time, mom and dad went out of their way to make sure that at least some of the things that we had asked for wound up under the tree. They often did without so that we had the money we needed to do the things that we wanted to do in school. One instance that stands out for me to this day from early on in my childhood was a day that my mom and I were in the store and they had come out with refrigerated rolled cookies for the first time. I had taken one out of the cooler shelf and put it into our shopping cart without my mom noticing. As we went through the store, she finally spotted it and told me to put it back as there were necessities that we needed more. I'm not sure if it was her desire for me to have it or the hurt look on my face, but before the shopping trip was over, she went back, took it off the counter, and said we were getting it. She went without something that she needed so that I could have that cookie dough, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And over the years, I've never forgotten those moments, and that is why today I go out of my way to do for my parents for all the years that they did for me. We have to appreciate the sacrifices that our parents made for us. Ensuring children are taken care of is sort of an unspoken oath they take when they make the decision to have children. Finding a balance and meeting a child's needs while teaching them a level of responsibility by not giving them everything they want is an art that we could use just a little more of today. Realizing they did without so that we could have and being thankful for it makes us better people. It instills the compassion in us that we need when the time comes when it is important that they are remembered and not forgotten. So that's for you, mom and dad, sending much love and celebrating your 60th anniversary. So with that, that's our messages for this week. I appreciate you taking the time to spend a few minutes with me. I hope something that I've said in one of these messages is something that will resonate in your life and something that you can use to help navigate your own life path. With that, I wish you good health, happiness, and an amazing life journey. Mm -hmm.